Hey, I want to talk to you. Let me talk to you real quick. Hey, come here. Come here. Come here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell you something. Hey, come here. Come here. Hey, just, just come here, man. Let me t- let me tell let me tell you something real quick, man. Just, just come on. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing today? It is Monday, guys. It's Monday. We're here. Let's start the week off strong. Let's let's just have a great one, all right? Couple of things announcements wise. Uh, to look forward to this week later on today. So this evening, um, I'll be on the radio with Mark Childress. I'll be calling in and uh, we'll be talking a little bit about Furman, uh, Clemson football, and some other college football that's uh, happening around the, you know, around the, you know, college football, of course. Sounded weird saying that. Um, so yeah, definitely tune into that a little bit later on around about seven o'clock Eastern time. Also, I will be a color analyst for <clears throat> the last home game for Furman um, this upcoming weekend. That is a two o'clock kickoff on ESPN plus Eastern time. So definitely tune in for all of that good stuff. And yeah, so I mentioned that we were, I might have some guests for this episode. Unfortunately, that won't happen. Um, one of them had basketball practice uh, for at his school that he attends, and you guys are probably like, why, why a basketball player? Uh, it's a little bit more interesting to why he was invited, and then the other one who was a quarterback for a team in the, um, in the SoCon, he wasn't able to join because he also had to study for a midterm, um, and that, you know, school's important, so especially in this conference, you have a lot of smart guys in this conference, so completely understand, so we're going to move that day to be kind of, we don't know yet, but it will definitely be before the our our last episode for Real Southern football for this season. <clears throat> okay, so let's talk some football and what happened in this crazy week. Starting off with Wofford and the University of Tennessee Chattanooga, UTC has has performed really well um, as of late. I, I I'm really pleased by what I've seen. I think if you take away that VMI game, easily the best team in the conference. And same could be said about ETSU. When I, you know, when I get them, you take away that loss they had against Chattanooga. Easily, ETSU is number one in the conference, and you can make an argument for both of those teams. And you can even make an argument for Mercer being in there as well. But um, I'll, I'll kind of address that towards the end. But with UTC, 470 total yards of offense against Wofford's 136 yards, which is a complete dominant um, on offense and defense that Wofford just had against. You know the Terry, not Wofford, that UTC had against uh, the Terriers. I mean, you just can't beat it. I mean, Cole Copeland has gotten consistently better as the season has gone. Um, and then the two-headed rushing attack that that is the that is the mock. She got Liam Ford, okay, a big kind of bulky running back that can run through you. That he he he's a, he's the big back that you just love handing the ball off. He's like a bowling ball who's going to bounce right off you. He's going to run through you. Really great running back. And then you also have um, Tyrell Price, another good, great running back, kind of a little bit of a smaller guy compared to Liam, but really dynamic rusher. They both had 16 carries. Um, Liam had 98 yards in the touchdown. Tyrell had six had 81, yard, had 81 yards in the touchdown. Excuse me, Liam had 98 yards in the touchdown. I think I said that. I just want to make sure. But really good physical run game by them. Um they they finished the game. I think the run game finished with two hundred and yeah two hundred seventy yards on the ground. Cole Copeland 
200 yards and a touchdown again, um, 14 for 20. Really good football game by the Mox. I mean, you just can't beat it. Just really good offense all around. Wofford, not so much. I, 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 it's just weird, you know, just seeing them play the way they're, the way they're playing right now. It's just really disturbing. They're one in seven. Um, lost seven, or they're yeah, one, yeah, one in seven. If I'm, I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to make sure I have this right in my head. So I just, I just had it pulled up, and I was just looking at it, and I'm like, wow, Wofford is, gosh Almighty, there's probably the worst I've ever seen them play. Yeah, oh excuse me, one in eight, zero oh and seven in the conference. I knew something was a little bit odd with that. One in eight, zero oh and seven in the conference. Um, they're just not. There's nothing good right now going on in in Sparkle City. AKA Spartanburg. I mean, there's no offensive creativity. Okay. Um, there's just nothing there. Apparently they had like 18 guys out with the flu, quote unquote, um, for their senior day, which is weird because you will want to, I, I, I don't understand that, but apparently Western care, I think Western Carolina had that same issue or no, not Western Carolina VMI, I think had that same issue. A lot of guys were sick or whatever, and they still found a way to show up and play. It doesn't matter, but Wofford is just, I don't know. I'm just not pleased with what I've seen. I'm not pleased with what they have going on. And honestly, I think Coach Conklin's on the hot seat right now because this is probably the worst Wofford team in a long time. I can't think of a time where Wofford has not had, you know, at least a game one in the conference by now. And I mean, when you look at it, I mean, who's left for Wofford? I mean, let's look who's left. Okay. You got. The Citadel, okay, that's a, that, that could be a winnable game. I don't know. I think the Citadel may beat Wofford, um, and then they play North Carolina. They're not going to win that game, so they could they could really finish their game at one and ten or two and nine. Very underperforming. Very underperforming. You go from having three conference championships to a one and eight season, potentially one and ten season by the time everything's over with. Because I think honestly, I think the Citadel's could beat Wofford. I really do. I think actually, I think the Citadel will beat Wofford this Saturday. I, I really do. So in innocence in this in Charleston. So I, yeah, I think the Citadel will beat Wofford. So I think Wofford's going to go one in ten, worst team in the conference. Honestly, Josh Conklin might not be there next season. I mean, if he is, then this upcoming season, the twenty twenty two season, will will more than likely be his last season if they don't have um, anything good going on. More than likely, that's what that's that's what's going to happen. Because, like I said before in the in previous episode, I think he wrote the coattails of what Coach Mike Ayers had had when he was the head coach at Wofford. I think that's exactly what happened, and now we're seeing the the end result of all of that. So, yeah, I I just I'm very displeased by what I'm seeing by Wofford. I kind of knew they weren't going to be good, but I didn't expect them to be the worst team in the SoCon. So, mm, it's it kind of sucks to suck right there, doesn't it? Anyway. Moving on, Citadel and Sanford. <clears throat> I I'm a little bit kind of hesitant about this because as as if as I've said in the past, I thought that Sanford would win the conference, and I am a hundred percent wrong now. Um, I was not right by even a mile on that one. Um, Sanford's probably the I say Sanford may be the hmm. I, I'd say, honestly, I think Sanford may be the fifth best team. And I think if they play Western Carolina again, I don't think Sanford wins that game. So, actually, I'm going to say Sanford is the sixth best team in the conference. I think Sanford is the sixth best team in the conference. Um, 
I think the Citadel is the eighth best team in the conference. I I was not pleased by the offensive production I saw out of Sanford throwing wise. Um it just was completely lackluster of what I'm used to seeing them do. I mean, I'm used to seeing Liam Welch throw for over 300 yards a game. That's just what he does. I mean, yeah, he'll turn the ball over here and there, but I can't even say here and there. He's turned the ball over several times in, you know, in games. Not more than like five – nothing crazy like five interceptions, but he's at least had two, maybe three, okay? Maybe one, some games. But still, I mean, he's just – I'm not used to seeing him throw for only – for really – he only threw, if I'm not mistaken, I think a hundred and I want to say 118 yards is what he had um, on Saturday. Yep, 118 yards on Saturday. That's what he had. I'm not used to seeing that. He had a, he had an interception, 12 for 17. Um, he also had 55 yards on the on the ground on the ground for eight carries. Um, not, I'm not used to seeing that from him. But hey, I mean they they still got the win, 35 to 14 win. So, I mean, I can't complain about that. But, you know, I, I will say they did lean on the run game big this time around, which is which is good. I'm glad they did because Jay Stan completely just showed up 134 yards on the ground on 13 carries. DeMarcus Ware had a big game. I mean, their ground game did, did a lot of the work. They, the ground game had the bulk of the work. I mean, really good football game by them. I think the Citadel, I think – I. I don't think the Citadel is going to be anything good anytime soon. I just don't see it. Not with Brent Thompson and his staff. I don't. I, don't get me wrong. I, I'm. I'm not bashing anybody. I just don't think that's that's where they are. They have a young team too, though. I mean, you just don't know. But I mean, they they just don't have any success. There's nothing really good going for them. Jalen Adams is Jalen Adams is playing. He's playing well enough to keep them in ball games. Um, the running back that they have, the B back that they have, uh, I think it's Billings Billingsley. I think that's his name. He plays he plays really well. Hard runner. Um, they got a great receiver. I think in number twenty five or twenty nine, one of those. But they play really. They they have great players, and they but they just don't have. I don't think they actually. Honestly, I will say they don't have the right coaching to put them in a position to win football games right now. I think that time is over. I really do. I think they need to probably bring in another guy in. Because I, I I think Brent's done, honestly, at the end of this season. I think Brent Thompson is done at the end of this season. I will be shocked if he's back. And honestly, he's on the hot seat. That's just how it is. I think he really is on the hot seat. Um, Again, just the state of where they are, they, they, they're, no, they're not the same team that they were about four or five years ago before I came to Furman. Um, they were a, a way better football team than that. And, you know, honestly, things change. Of course, you lose great players and, it's, um, you know, recruiting plays a part in that. But it's like, all right, well, how can they recruit better? I mean, Charleston's a beautiful place. You know, my girlfriend's from Charleston. I I enjoy going to Charleston to go see her 100% of the time. I really don't care to go to Charleston other than that. But just seeing the surroundings, the beach, all that stuff, there's so many things you can – sell on a recruiting pitch, but they're not getting in those type of players for that. So I don't understand um, what exactly is missing for them, but I, I don't think it's with, I don't think it was with Brent Thompson. I think Brent Thompson is not the coach for him anymore. I, and I hate to say that because I don't like talking about coaches like that, but I just don't see um, Brent Thompson potentially being there much longer. I, I really don't. I don't think he has a contract extension anymore, I, unless he did a while back, but I, I don't see him being there much longer. So I, I think Brent's on the hot seat. He may be gone soon. So um, 
definitely keep your eyes on that. I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people should be more aware of. Yeah. Moving on. ETSU and VMI. I think this was a really good football game. Um, I think it was very good for ETSU's running game because we knew that was probably the most consistent thing about their offense before the season even started. We knew that there was no question marks and the two-headed monster they have in their backfield with um, Quay Holmes and Jacob Sailors. I think those two guys are the best, maybe the maybe the best running back, du- not even maybe, the best running back duo more than likely in FCS football, definitely in SOCOM football. Best running back duo, hands down. I think they're really, really good. I think Tyler Rydell, he did not have a great game. He didn't throw any interceptions, but 9 for 22, 130 yards. That that's He, he struggled. Um just just not a great game passing, but a really great game running the ball as they finished with 372 yards of total offense. So, yes, their run game really leveraged them out. Um, Seth Morgan, uh, he threw two picks to, to the to the Buccaneer defense. The Bucs really just played really well against them, um, held them to under 250 yards passing. Um, Seth Morgan went 30 for 44, 248. And, again, those two interceptions, uh, the old head – of uh, the <laughs> the Bucks, the Aphir guy picked them off, and then uh, he threw another pick to I think um, Tyree Robinson, if I'm not mistaken, another great corner um, in the SoCon. So um, yeah, I, I really like both of these teams. They both play well, match up between two ranked teams. Um, future's bright for both of these teams. You know, uh, I think Jacob Sailors is definitely going to end up being that role that Quay Holmes has right now when. Um, this season's over with when next season comes around. And they can find another running back to kind of help with that load. I think they're going to be right back where they are. I think Tyler Rydell can be a guy that continues to develop, to, continues to develop and be a really good quarterback for the, for the, for the Buccaneers. Uh, with the Kedes, I think they have a really good football team. I think um, just depending on what they're losing, I think Seth Morgan is still your key to the future. Uh, make sure you got, the, you got the right weapons around them. You get, got the right offensive line and – I think, you know, the future is bright for both of these teams. I think ETSU has the best shot to win out and be the sole winner of the conference. Now, they still got to play um, Mercer, and I think they still got Western Carolina. So they got those two teams left. So, And Western Carolina is not a team to sleep on, as we're about to cover that. But if – ETSU handles Western Carolina. They can handle Mercer. I, I fully believe that. So definitely mark, so kind of circle in your calendars on November 20th. That will probably be the biggest week uh, for SOCOM football by far, especially if Chattanooga beats Mercer um, this weekend or if Mercer – yeah, if Mercer beats Chattanooga or if Chattanooga beats Mercer, definitely circle – this weekend and in the following weekend, because those are two big Saturdays for both of those teams. And it's going to be a really big Saturday for ETSU. They also beat Western Carolina because Western Carolina could potentially play spoiler right now. So don't be shocked. But just to break down the scenarios of how this can go, if Mercer wins out, Mercer will be the sole winner of the conference because they have Chattanooga and ETSU back to back weeks, which is no easy slate. Then you look at Chattanooga, who they're, only lost is VMI. Chattanooga wins out, okay, and they beat Mercer. Um, Chattanooga is the sole will end up being the sole winner of the conference because they beat Mercer and ETSU. Okay, 
So if ETSU runs the table and beats out it, and they and they win their rest of their games, ETSU will be the sole winner. So those are the scenarios. So either way, I honestly think there will probably only be one winner in this conference. I don't think there's going to be a shared ring at the end at, at the end of this season. Um, but I'm willing to bet. I think it's going to be the Bucks. I'm I, I'm just riding with the Bucks on this one. I think. I think I think I just really think they'll come out and they'll play well against Western. It's going to be a hard game. Don't get me wrong; it's going to be a really really hard game. Um, but they got to play sound because I think Western's hit a stride now, and that's the worst time when you hit a team that's hot right now. They're three games hot. And speaking of a hot team, let's go ahead and talk about them, okay? Furman and Western Carolina. All right, I think this is probably the worst I have seen a Furman defense play in the passing game in a while since maybe the Mercer game in, in the spring of this year, which doesn't seem far away, but for me, it feels like forever. Um, gave up 386 yards passing to Rogan Wells. Rogan Wells has been playing really good with the, the last couple weeks. Struggled early in the season, but he has progressed tremendously um, within the last few weeks. Played really well. He was nine yards short of a 100-yard rushing game. A lot of missed opportunities at the Furman defense, missed on some sacks, uh, a blown coverage, Kind of late, later, late in the game, um, that put the Catamounts up forty-three to forty-two. I mean, it, it, it was just pretty abysmal. Uh, I just, again, I've never seen the defense kind of play like that, just give up so much. But I mean, what what, what else can I say? I mean, it was, it's it's. I knew that team. I I thought Western was going to be actually be good at the beginning of the season. Uh, before everything happened, I knew it was going to take some time to adjust, and then they just kind of kept playing so-so, and I was like, all right, maybe they'll win some games, maybe, maybe not. And then they got that win against Wofford and the Citadel, and I was like, oh, okay, that they've hit a stride, and now they've, they've, they're hot right now. They're, on a, they're streaking right now. So this is a dangerous territory for ETSU because, this, in a way, this is kind of like a trap game because this is a team that can beat you now that everybody knows can beat you, and if I'm not mistaken, did beat you in the spring. So you got to win this game, and you got to win the next game to be the sole winner. So everything's kind of riding on you. So that's just how that goes. But, you know, again, let me just stick with Furman and Western because I'm not done on this tangent. Now, Furman offensively, still not a good passing game. Still not there yet. Um, Ham Sisson started, um, had a pick six, but followed with a touchdown pass later in the game. Um, there, there's a lot of things that I can point to in this game that happened that changed the dynamic of of how this game turns out. You take away the pick six that happened, I think, the first series of the game. All right. You take that away. Furman wins this football game. Okay. You take, like I said, you take that away. Furman wins the football game. Final score is 43 to 42. All right, you take away the fumble Dewan Bell had on a punt return. The final score of that game may change as well because Western doesn't have a short field to work with anymore. Okay, and you take away that broken coverage that Furman gave up, then who knows how that also goes. And any oh, let me not last like what last minute of the of the game you. Ham Sisson takes two sacks. I, I I wasn't able to watch that game. I don't have ESPN three, so I wasn't able to watch the game. But I was able to kind of just read the comments on the fan forums and also kind of keep up with the game uh, through Twitter. 
you don't take two sacks. You got to throw the ball away. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not a quarterback, but you got to throw the ball away. I mean, you just can't take two sacks. And so, I mean, man. That, that's that's, that's going to be the area of where I think Coach Hendricks and Coach Quarles are really going to have to emphasize on in their spring pra- or their winter springish practice that they'll have because it, it, it's kind of it's an area of concern right now because I feel like a quarterback is right now is make or breaking this team. There's too many weapons on this offense for them not to be in this conversation of the top four teams in this conference right now. It's just, you know, it should be there. And then also, I want to give my kudos to Dominic Roberto, a young guy that I, I treated like my little brother when, at my time at Furman, and he played lights out, um, almost 200 yards rushing, four touchdowns. He He's a light that's going to be needed for this Furman offense next season, and he's going to be the new main rushing attack. And what I would like to see from Furman's offense is to have another running back that is like a two-headed monster or three-headed monster that goes with that will go that goes with the offense. Because if you look at the, the best offenses in, in this conference right now, you look at you look at UTC, they have two really good running backs, Liam Ford, Tyrell Price. You look at ETSU, Jacob Sailors, Quay Holmes. You look at Furman. Yes, Devin Wynn is that guy, but Devin Wynn has been hurt. He has been injured. He's been out for about three, almost three, three weeks, maybe four weeks now. And then you look at who they have, because I think when Devin was playing, it was more Devin getting the ball. But now that Dominic Roberto has asserted himself as a very competent rusher, you have a, you have one guy. All right, who's your next guy? You got Wayne Anderson, a Texas kid that's really fast that can hit that can hit the hole, that can run outside. And you also have Kendall Thomas, who's another guy that can hit the holes, a very good outside runner. Two speedy guys. Find a way to get those guys involved. I think that helps the running game a little bit. And then you just got to find a way to connect on these passes. So I don't know what they'll do at quarterback um, against VMI. I'll be working that game, so I don't know what they'll do. I'm just not as excited about about the offense because there's not much to look forward to in that right now. So, I I don't know, um, but they do need to find a passing game sometime in the off season. Cause I mean, and they'll have a lot of time to think about it, a lot of time to do that, do the research on it. Because the Furman fans feel like Coach Hendricks should be on the hot seat. I don't feel that way. I feel like right now they're trying to figure out a quarterback situation, and I feel like there's a lot of pressure on getting guy getting a guy in there that can help perform and can help you win games. And right now, it feels like we're all looking for the oh throw in a young kid and then you know hope hopefully he'll spark it and then we'll win football games. That only happens rarely in some instances. That doesn't happen a lot where you put in the young guy, he gets things done, and then they just take off. That doesn't happen a lot. Um, there's a lot of growing pains that a young quarterback has to go through. You, we can look at DJ Uyagalale for Clemson. He's going through that. A lot of growing pains. He played really well yesterday. Really, really well yesterday. So that's what you got to see with Jace Wilson, but we got to give Jace Wilson time to develop. So I feel like now, next season, I can understand why you put Coach Hendricks on the high seat. Me personally, I, c- I can't do it. So that's my solution to that. Awesome. So that's that's this week. This week is done. Okay, we're moving on to to this 
upcoming weekend, and and it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good slate of football. I mean, Sanford is more than likely gonna lose to Florida. Um, ETSU Western Carolina could be a, that's a sleeper game that could go either way. Wofford in the Citadel. I like the Citadel winning that game. Uh, Furman and VMI right now. VMI is looking like the favorite, beating Furman in Greenville. And Chattanooga Mercer is going to be a really good game. Mercer beat Chattanooga in the spring, but anybody can make a case for it. Joe Chattanooga played their third string guy, so the game didn't really matter. Well, we'll find out, right? So I, I think it's going to be an interesting slate. Um, again, I'll be on the radio with Mark Childress um, at 7 on Monday, which you, by the time you'll be listening to it, it will be today. And then also I'll be a color analyst for the Furman and V. Furman and VMI game this Saturday at 2 o'clock Eastern time. So thank you guys. Tune in for both of those things. And we are almost done with the regular season. And make your picks already. Who you think is going to win the SoCon title? Again, I got ETSU winning right now. Hmm. We'll see, right? All right. See y'all soon.